Thursday afternoon, everyone. I'm Andrew Dowden, and it's time for another Happening in the Hamptons podcast. We are joined, as always, by Steve Glick, our Senior Vice President of Marketing, Dave Rutiner, Vice President of Technology and Online Marketing, and today, Craig Van Sickle out of our uh, Bridgehampton office, and we would consider Craig Hamptons real estate legend, yes? He's absolutely. a legend. He's legend. absolute legend. Absolute in the legend. game for 28 years, and, uh, and as always, the Happening in the Hamptons podcast is sponsored by New York Title Abstract. The Hamptons' leading title insurance firm. Visit NewYorkTitle.com or TitleInsurance.com. Cray, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Pleasure to be here. It was really great to see you guys. So, listen, today I know we're going to cover a couple of different topics, but specifically tips and opportunities for going green. We haven't really talked about going green in some of our podcasts, but it is something to consider if you are buying Hamptons home or specifically, I guess, if you're uh, building something new. So why consider? What's the, the value in, in green energy? Great. Well, um, you know, the, a lot of um, uh, the, the considerations about green are, are sort of a macro uh, idea that, that boils down to the specifics. Uh, like as you say, either whether you're building or, or renovating or maintaining or just living in it. And I'd say that, um, you know, the reasons why this is becoming more and more prevalent mm-hmm. is a couple of things. You know, nature is starting to cause us to need to change, like things like, you know, Montauk um, sea rise is, is, is causing the beach to erode, um, making people have to move back from the ocean potentially. Um, there are places like in California where they're changing their energy systems to be more self-sufficient because of the, the, the threats from uh, fires causing the grid to go down. So those are considerations that are long-term for us. But um, so, so also, you know, people's attitudes are changing because of these signals from, um, from nature. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, there's a Yale group on climate communication that 65% of the population is either alarmed, concerned, or cautious about it. And that, over five years, has changed to 75% of the population. So there's a lot more people who are thinking about it than you, we might yeah. suppose, right? It's I think about majority. it every day. Yeah. You something do? I, yeah, something I think about yeah, every day. Every time I see an ad for an electric car or something, I'm like, hey, I want to get that electric car. Right. So <laughs> a lot of times we think that there's not that much you know, awareness about it, but that's 75% of the population. Yeah. It's, it's we huge. figured the auto industry specifically. I mean, it looks like they're, they're gravitating toward all electric in the next five to ten years you know and that and so but when it comes to building or renovating a home I would think what does it mean to go green is it like is it solar panels is it the type of insulation you use is it windows the doors is it everything Mm -hmm. I mean if if I'm if I'm building a house and and I go all right so uh, fine we can go green whatever what does that mean is that gonna save me money like what's the benefit Great. I love it. So there's lots of different um, topics that you can take into consideration. Size is one of them. I live in a 2,000 square foot house, but I can have like 14 people comfortably in my place. It has a lot to do with design, right? We have rooms that are not just single use rooms. We have a finished lower level. Like, um, so size is a consideration. Siting and designing, as I mentioned, you know, you can get solar gain passively if you have a lot of insulation in your house, you don't have to um, spend as much on heating and cooling costs, and all that is is spending a little bit extra on a little bit thicker walls. Um, we'll talk about that with a house that we're t- we have on the market currently. Um, you know, there's the uh, the energy systems. There's a huge amount of stuff there. There's lawn and gardening, and the kind of um, uh, like I have a guy who uses electric 
um, equipment for my lawn. They uh. just banned <laughs> leaf blowers. Yeah. So that you know that gets to another one of the motivations for it. Nature is mm-hmm. causing us to do it. Attitudes are changing, but also government is is taking the. Uh, the the signals from nature and they're changing policies. We're we're, you know, we're going to have a net zero building code in nine years from from the state. That's coming up fast. And there's a capitalistic reason to do it too. Now a it's lot like, of I mean, new technologies are making it smart money, and that's sort yeah. of really you know central to the DNA. Yeah, sometimes of, the upfront. What we're talking sometimes about. the upfront cost could be a little bit more expensive, but if you Plan it out over the months and months and years. You're gonna you're gonna save in the long run and be self sufficient. Um, certainly with the solar panels and geothermal. If no, you but know. Craig, can, is the solar like the solar one kills me because it's like solar panels. You would think which which should be on every rooftop. Like why is that not the case? Is it because of the upfront cost? Is it because it's just not popular? I mean. You know, it's why very why wouldn't you do that? No, but why why yeah. isn't that just so? Why isn't that? Like I'm putting that, on a new roof, and it's yeah. going to be solar panels. Yeah, right. like why would that not just be an automatic? I think because uh, interestingly, people misperceive uh, that a cost is uh, that an investment is a cost. So solar panels um, don't cost you money; they actually save you money. If there's places where it's too wooded. Or your, you know, and this is, has to do if you're building a house mm-hmm. to site yeah. your house so that you have south-facing rooftops mm-hmm. and that you're back away enough from wherever the trees are so that you can get solar gain. That's going to save you a tremendous amount of money over the long haul. And all you did was site your house a little differently. You're still going to build the same house, but I think that um, it is getting to be very popular. Um, but a lot of people think it's a cost when it's really it's an investment because yeah. I have solar on my house out in Montauk and it's going to save me. Like six figures over the life of the wow, really? But yeah, they, and yeah. and but the, there's an interesting thing is that the financing costs that it costs me to finance it mm-hmm. are less than the savings that I'm that I have from not paying my electricity bill, right? right? So I'm in the black from day one, and mm-hmm. that's true for most solar installations. And I, I think in the beginning when solar panels came out, they were so big and, yeah. and heavy, and they were like everyone. It could seem they're so obvious, but every year they're changing the technology. You're getting smaller now. They're being built into the roof shingles. You know, yeah. so people are not going to notice these big, big structures attached to your. Roof. That seems like such an obvious thing. Like if you can take little tiny solar yeah. panels and put them as effectively put them shingles, everywhere. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. That you know, the, the technologies are all over the place. When there's some of them are really like there's what you were talking about, Steve, is a total cost of ownership model uh-huh. rather than just like how much does a house cost me to buy. For instance, if you have a house that's a million dollars, but it's $30,000 of uh, energy costs per year, and then you have another house that's a million one, but it's only $5,000 energy costs a year because it's heavily insulated, it's got solar and so on and so forth, well, you're going to save $25,000 a year on the one that costs a million one. After four years, you're going to be saving $25,000 a year. How often do you have that conversation with clients? I mean, because it seems like something that isn't maybe at the forefront of their buying. There's so much to consider and to take in, in, in terms of buying and selling a home specifically that it's like the idea of thinking, okay, well, let's let's talk green. It seems like a like a chapter two, you know what I mean? I think you're absolutely right. And that's been, you know, uh, historically the case. And that's why I started out with it. There are reasons why that that's changing, you know, because mm-hmm. we're being forced to, because people's attitudes are starting to wake up. There's, there's I have a variety of examples of, of buyers and builders 
who are starting to really bake that into there. I mean, there's a net zero builder out here that does every house. Uh, I work with modern green homes, and they have one. They have a variety of different things: off-site construction. We did a modular in Montauk on Benson that we recently sold. Yeah. That's a much more efficient way from a material standpoint of doing it. We have this house at 425 um, North Main Street in, in Southampton. Currently, it's a sort of beautiful black modern barn. It's built with structural insulated panels, which are very high uh, insulation, and um, they are very, th a lot of the energy loss comes from penetrations, like mm -hmm. from air holes. Mm -hmm. These things are like a monolithic build, so it's going to be a much less expensive house to own and operate, and it also creates these huge spans, uh, which you don't have with stick-built houses, so it's a very dramatic house inside. You know, the, the volumes and the downs, like the lower level is, is, is really quite, quite something as well. That's really interesting. I mean, it's just, it seems like something you wouldn't always be thinking about when you're looking at a house. And, and, and I guess that's why it's important to have a real estate agent that has the that at the forefront yeah. of their thinking. You know what I mean? Because they might not come to you and say, okay, I'm looking to buy a house for a million one and it has to be, you know, X, Y, and Z as far as green features. But if somebody comes to you and they say, listen, here's my budget. What do you think? You can say, well, look, I, I, if we're going to build something, here's all the benefits we can put in behind that. And, you know, maybe they weren't even going that direction, but that's a, a good path to take. Yeah. I and mean, we have a new project that's going to be coming on uh, with Modern Green Homes on 26 um, Cedar Street. It's going to be a beautiful, sexy house. And if the, if the owner, uh, if the developer just puts a little bit more money into it, to make it, you know, geothermal and solar and high insulation and so forth, um, it'll it'll just be a marginally higher cost to to buy, mm -hmm. but it's going to save the the buyer a lot of money, and that's what real estate agents are for is to help people mm -hmm. to guide people's decisions to make smart decisions on you know smart money decisions. There, look out in the Hamptons. I mean, the houses are they're big, you know, and so it would seem to me that that smaller as far as energy costs would be better. Can this kind of thing be implemented on some of these larger homes? I mean, is there a, 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 a cost-saving benefit, even if you're talking about a 10,000 square foot home, if it's insulated property, has various green technologies, that kind of thing? 100%. Yeah, you would save more, I guess. Than if you think well, you know, regardless of the size of the house, um, the more efficient it is. You know, efficiency, inefficiency is waste. Waste is expensive. So. The more efficient anything is, it's going to it's going to save you. Regardless money. of size. Yeah, regardless of size. I would say though, one of the most like in terms of like what where people's heads are at and what they're thinking about. I have people say, and it's not ubiquitous, right? But a lot more people are saying, I don't want a big house to maintain. I don't need that much space. Uh, just just you know, hitting me over the head with square footage. If I get the same functional components of a house and I can get it somewhat less, A, I'm going to spend less to build it, I'm going to spend less to, to buy it, um, and, um, and I don't have, you know, as much of a headache as, as having this, this monster place. And this is, I mean, this is, this is your lifestyle, you know, it's not like you're just throwing yeah. this out there. I mean, you have the electric car, you said, I think you have yeah. solar panels, so yeah. you, you have seen you firsthand what yeah. these benefits yeah. are. Yeah. And you're not, this isn't like, you're not jumping on a trend. Like this has been you, you, when, when did you kind of really develop this, you know, earth first mentality since you, you were, like, oh, I was were you like a teenager at that? Like, how, like, no, man. Well, ever since I've known you. Yeah. From a teenager, my mom, yeah. my mother moved us to one of the early organic farms and gardens in the United States when I was 10. So that was in 1970. 
so mm -hmm. it's been a long time. But ever since I moved out here, like I've done a lot of mm -hmm. land conservation work in the Hamptons. That's been one of my thing I'm most proud of. You know, like Amsterdam Beach and Cabot's Cove, and you know, hundreds of acres of conservation. Um, and then, as you say, I've been very um, living my life as much as I can, eating organic food. But there's a lot of co-benefits. You know, I want to emphasize that. You know, a lot of times this is reactive to like the fear of like you know yeah, climate like, change like and so on and yeah. so forth. But there's so many. There's usually health benefits as well as savings that go on. Peep food is an example. People throw out in the United States as much as forty percent of the food that they buy. That's crazy. That's thousands wow. and thousands of dollars worth of food that is just being bought. It's like you go and you buy four bags of groceries and you throw one out every time you go buy <laughs> groceries. And that costs you a lot of money. It's actually one of the biggest climate impacts because all the energy right. and all that other stuff, the like land use that goes into growing food. I was there. Saving you, you, food is like a is something that's it's good for you. It saves yeah. you money. You, and you it's were good for a speaker. I remember I was helping you uh, like set up the technology, like set up the microphone. Right. But you were a speaker for um, Drawdown. Was it? That's what it was. Draw. It was yeah, called Drawdown. Yeah, I co-founded right? a group called Drawdown East End, which is local solutions to global warming. Yeah. And, uh, and all the there was like all these restaurants owners there. It was there was a significant did, amount of people there. We just, up there yeah. speaking. It was hmm. like awesome. We did a. I'll, I'll, I'll plug one of the local businesses. We did a uh, a, a web a webinar on um, local aquaculture mm -hmm. and growing kelp. Uh, just last night, uh, we had 50 people, wow. and one of the one of the local businesses that I really love that's a great thing for uh, for people to be aware of is Dock to Dish, and it's basically where you subscribe to a uh, a group of fishermen. They've got 45 fishermen, I think, that are connected with uh, with people who um, basically support the fishermen by getting fish directly from the dock instead mm -hmm. of it coming in, going to the South Street Seaport or whatever and coming mm -hmm. all the way back. You don't know how old it is or you know who's handled your fish. Here it's like a direct line. Really um, and these That's guys cool. are getting into growing kelp, which is a really good way of, of binding carbon. It turns even, out. even recreationally, he's a kite surfer. Like he just goes yeah. out and rides yeah. the wind. Like yeah. that's it, you know. Like that's this is a really good guy. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's I've alarmingly good. It's crazy. At it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All right, let's talk uh, real estate numbers with Steve. So, what's uh, what's this past week look like? Yeah, hey guys. Uh, so over the past week, there were forty six listings that went into contract from West Hampton to Montauk. So last this same time last year, there were twenty listings, and last year we're in that COVID phase, right? We're coming into the end of March, so. That's an increase of 130% from last year. The breakdown of the 46 transactions this week, there was one over 20 million, one between 10 and 20 million, two between eight and 10 million, four between six and eight million, two between four and six million, 12 between two and four million, and 26 deals under two million this, this week. And again, we're always paying that close attention to the market. This week, there were 28 new listings coming onto the market, which leaves a deficit of 18 listings. So inventory is still at an all-time low, um, and transactional volume is at an all-time high. The breakdown of those 28 new listings that came onto the market, there was one over 20, three between six and eight, two between four and six, 11 between two and four, and 11 under $2 million. One of the new listings uh, Cray was talking about earlier on the podcast was 425 North Main Street in Southampton. This is a modern new construction that Cray represents uh, with Lilla Carter. The price is 4.95 million. Cray, you already touched on, you know, some of the things we could look forward to in this modern 
barn style new construction and it also overlooks an 80 acre reserve right yeah it's facing west nice. um it's a it's uh jeff gardner is a builder we've done maybe eight projects with that here super yeah. successful um the uh it's it's a black house but it's not just stained black it's the shu shushiban mm -hmm. it's actually yeah. a a burned charred charred cedar. charred cedar exterior which is a zero maintenance basically wow. huh. um so that's one of the cool so features when, of when's it. this going to be is this being built now this is on the construction oh it's, it's it'll be probably ready for occupancy in a month Oh but, wow! Yeah, it's well, basically really awesome. something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really close to being in. It's like you know, a couple yeah. minutes to uh, to the village. It's uh, it looks it, great. It feels oh, it's, it's something unique and special, and that's what people are looking for a one of a kind property. It's yeah, it's really a cool cool place. Interesting. In a month, that's right before summer. So yeah. call Cray. Yeah. Hey, uh, Cray, I have a question. So, uh, would you ever buy the new electric Hummer? The new electric. <laughs> I'd buy any electric. Why any not? electric vehicle. You wouldn't. You would, right? Electric yeah. van. It doesn't matter if it's a big car. Are you in the market for a new car? Well, when, um, I think about buying. I, I really think my next car is going to be electric. It should. Be. It probably will be by yeah. the time you know. It's yeah. Like, I really think all the is. companies are are basically transitioning because it's a superior technology. Yeah. I just think it's so, so funny much. that like Hummer has an electric. I mean, I remember when it's amazing. If you had a Hummer, you know, like if you, when gas prices were like five bucks a gallon, I can't yeah. remember when that was. Oh, it was like yeah. eight eight miles to the gallon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah. God, oh, can you? Yeah, like, there's two hundred dollars so to fill up. Too. Electric cars are quick. Like, <laughs> I know the technology no, is not what it was twenty years ago. It's incredible. Oh, there's no sacrifice. I mean, as I say, I'm on my second Tesla, and you know, you're not compromising. Yeah, they're so awesome. that you know, compared to a, even a BMW, which is a beautiful car but you know the acceleration is much faster it's got all the weight lower down so it feels like you're driving on rails it's like it's a sports car it's great yeah mm -hmm. it's a high so, performance car well and the fact that we're coming in the spring means the that you know it's a good time to get out on the road in your electric car if you have it and get around the hamptons so if you're if you're driving around dave and yep. you're in your electric car the window's down the weather's nice what are you doing that's right so it's time for happening in the hamptons you get your top three picks you can always go to happeninginthehamptons.com if you want to look at other things that are happening in the hamptons my first pick this week is for uh the drive-in movie theater at main beach uh, which is going to be this saturday from 7 30 to 10 30 p.m uh, the movie's going to be carmen and the whole thing is going to be presented by guild hall so that sounds really nice you can drive up to the beach and you know watch this nice movie um, with your uh, family or whoever, and you can do it in your electric car, Craig. So that's exactly. nice. You do it, but don't drive on the beach. The don't drive up to the beach. That's correct. And enjoy the movie. That's right. And then, all right. So my second pick, and this is cool. Steve and I we were just talking about this prior to the podcast. When I was in Hawaii, there was this app that you could download, and it would like take you around to Hawaii, and it tracked you like it, as you it, like. Oh, to your left is this volcano, and then you would drive up, and then it would make a joke. Oh, to your right, it's a famous restaurant. So um, SoFo and, in, and Sag Harbor are offering a self-guided walking tour. So if you go to their website, sagharborpartnership.org, you can download a tour onto your phone, and then you, know, you or your girlfriend or your wife or your family, whatever, you can walk around Sag Harbor and the app kind of, you, you, you connect the app to your headphones, you walk up to you know, the windmill and it kind of describes the history of the windmill or something. So I thought that would be a really cool thing to do. That's cool in a historic town like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not, right? And then um, the third thing in honor of Cray, because I know you're such a fan, uh, we're going to do a business spotlight of provisions in Sag Harbor. And you can get curbside pickup. They have unbelievable organic food. 
Um, and it's all very, very healthy. And it's like a grocery store there as well. Uh, you can get organic eggs um, and chocolates and all, all of this really great, great stuff. Great desserts. And yeah. And um, they also also open in watermill, you told me. I didn't even know that. Yeah, they have a, a so. really one of the sort of my favorite uh, grocery store now. And they're having a cafe upstairs as well. Cool. It's right on the highway, really convenient. Yeah, you probably go there today for lunch. Uh, good stuff, Dave. Cray, thank you so much for joining us. Steve, appreciate it as always. Uh, to see more of Cray's listing and all our listings, be sure to check out saunders.com. The Happening in the Hamptons podcast is sponsored once again by New York Title Abstract, the Hamptons leading title insurance firm. Visit newyorktitle.com or titleinsurance.com. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm Andrew Dowd, and that is what's happening in the